Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. If you would please to Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at verse 1. But first, let's pray as we approach the study of God's Word. Father, we give you thanks for this privilege of studying your Word together tonight. And as we do, we invite the Holy Ghost to be our teacher and guide to reveal to us the deep, rich treasures of your Word to enable us to understand the truth that makes us free. Father, for all that's accomplished and achieved among us, we'll give glory and honor to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been talking about, I believe, one of the most powerful truths in all the Bible. It's so powerful that it brought you out of darkness into the light of the gospel. Isn't that true? We're talking about speaking God's word to get results. We're talking about you can have what you say, or what you say is what you get. It's called the principle of faith. In Mark 11 and 22, Jesus said, have the faith of God, or have the God kind of faith. In Mark 11:23, he defined the God kind of faith as being, Say to your mountain, don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass and you will have what you say. There's tremendous potential in that verse right there. Tremendous potential it gives to the life of the believer. We have the ability and the potential to tap into the very faith of God and to use it not to create a new world, but to change the world in which we live. And in particular, to change our own particular world. Yes, amen. Amen. Oh, amen? We saw the woman with the issue of blood. You know the story. Twelve years. Was nothing bettered. Rather grew worse. She heard of Jesus and she started saying some things. And she kept saying, if I touch the hem of His garment, I will be whole. And she got what she said. It changed her world, didn't it? See, the world itself didn't change. She didn't create a new one, but it changed the world in which she lived. She was sick, but now she's whole. We saw David speaking to Goliath, using the same principle of faith. And what he said, he got. In other words, he took control of the situation that confronted his life. He did not become a coward. He was not discouraged. He was not afraid. He faced life just as it was and spoke out boldly about his God. As a result, he got what he said. Amen? Amen. We also found out that the twelve spies that were sent to spy out the land went into Canaan's land and came back, some with an evil report and some with a report of faith. Same world, same circumstance, same situation, yet ten came back with a report of unbelief. It was called an evil report. But the other two came back with a report of faith and said, we're well able to take the land. They both got what they said. That is, the ten spies got what they said. They couldn't do it and didn't. But the two got what they said. They said they could by their God, and they did. So we can see unfolding right here before our eyes this law of faith and how it pertains to the life of the individual. We want to further our teaching by saying there are some things we should begin to understand as to why confession of God's Word does work. See, sometimes we just say it and don't, read and study all that it involves and entails. And as a result, we're not as 
securely founded in the principles of it as we should be. Sometimes people will think, well, I can't say that because they're looking at their own ability to bring something like that to pass. Well, it's not your ability that you're to be looking at when it comes to bringing something to pass that you speak. We are told to speak the Word of God. And as we speak the Word of God, then something happens. We said that we get angels involved in our affairs by the words of our mouth. And we just talked about that recently. That an angel was to go before those people, the Israelites, and take them into the, to the land of promise. But as a result of their words, they bound their angels and their angels were not able to fight for them. Had they held fast their confession of faith and believed God, their angels would have continued to take them into the promised land. But then again, we saw that under the leadership of Joshua, the Israelites were able to go in and take the land. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Why? As a result of their words, as what as a result of what they first of all did not say, and then as they just began to shout praise unto God for the victory, the walls came down, and you know that angels got involved in that affair. But also we saw in Ecclesiastes that we're not supposed to speak incorrectly before our angels because they'll be angry at our voice. We're told not to provoke our angels with words. As it was in the case of Zechariah, who was told that his wife Elizabeth was going to conceive when the angel Gabriel brought word to him. He disbelieved. His unbelief got him in a whole lot of trouble. He was smitten with dumbness. He was unable to speak as a result of his unbelief and the words that he spoke out. The angel was angry at his voice. The glory of God came upon him in such a way he could not speak. But Mary was different than Zacharias. And we'll, we'll see that later on, maybe on Sunday, whatever, as the Lord leads us. Mary, even though she was told by the same angel, Gabriel, that a miracle was going to take place in her life when the shadow of the Most High would come upon her and overshadow her, that is, the Holy Ghost would come upon her and overshadow her, she would conceive in her womb Christ the Lord. Instead of arguing the point, instead of speaking words of unbelief and bringing up an evil report of what the angel said, she said, be it unto me according unto thy word. In other words, I'm not concerned about all these other laws. If God said it, that's sufficient to me. As far as I'm concerned, be it unto me according unto thy word. As you have brought word to me from God, let it be done. And it was done in her life. That's how God wants us to be. I want you to understand that it's, we are not the ones to bring it to pass. God brings it to pass because He watches over His Word to perform it. As we speak the Word of God, certain things happen. In Hebrews 3 and 1, you can write that down. It says, Jesus is the high priest of our confession. He is the high priest of what we say, in other words. He represents us to the Father, and what we say, He represents to the Father and watches over. And if we say in line with the Word of God then we've got heaven's attention. Can you see that? That's how we all got saved. The word is nigh thee in thy mouth and in thy heart. That if thou shalt believe in your heart and say with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. When we spoke those words, the Bible says that if we would confess Jesus before men, He would confess us before the angels of God. And before the Father Himself. 
So as we spoke those words, Jesus represented us. He watched over those words and those words became a reality in our life. We got saved. Isn't that true? The same thing is true in all other areas of life. For what the heart man believes unto salvation, unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And that Greek word there for salvation is all-inclusive. It means not only salvation to be saved from, from darkness or from sin and spiritual death, preservation, wholeness and soundness and healing. It means all those words. So with the heart we believe and with the mouth we confess unto complete deliverance of the total man. And God wants us to know that. Now, angels will get involved in our affairs if we speak right things and say the right words. If we say the wrong word, they'll get bound up. We won't loose our angels to do anything for us. So we've got to be concerned about that. Now, because we know that Jesus is the high priest of our confession in Hebrews 4 and 14, what does it say there? Seeing then that we have a great high priest passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Now, it's profession in the King James, but the Greek word there is confession. Hold fast our profession or our confession or of our saying the same thing that God said about us. Hold fast the saying the words of God. Hold fast. See, that's the fight of faith. We've got to hold fast to what the Word of God says and continue saying it because we know we have a high priest watching over what we say. We know this high priest will dispatch angels on our behalf to go forth and see to it that those words come to pass. And I want to show you that that's the case. In the book of Daniel, we'll continue our study here at verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits and breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes. Notice all these dignitaries. The princes... The governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together under the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now, this is supposed to be a momentous situation, an incident. There, and Herod cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Now, you can see this happening. I mean, you can just visualize all these dignitaries from all these provinces... From everywhere around about them, all came together for this, again, momentous occasion. They're all commanded by the king to bow down to this image. In other words, this is the Lord your God. You will bow down to this image and serve this God that I have set up before you. That's a command. Verse 8. 
Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I want you to understand that these three young Hebrew boys, along with Daniel, were dedicated to the worship of Jehovah. And they knew the commandment handed down to them that they should not have any false gods before them. They took their belief to heart, and even though they were there, the only three there among all those people, the masses of people that were assembled together, all the dignitaries, the governors, the sheriff, the rulers of the provinces of all the area, before the king, they refused to bow their knee and worship the golden image that he had made. And they were bold about their faith. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in verse 13, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, in other words, I'm going to give you another chance. I am so kind. He liked them. You understand this? He liked them. And he wanted to give them an opportunity to redeem themselves. And once again, I want you to see them right there in front of all those dignitaries. In front of all those people. You talk about a young person facing peer pressure. They're among all those dignitaries. People in high places, full of pride. They're all bowing their knee. The king has spoken. The king has commanded. And now, this wonderful king is going to give them a second chance. Now you're on the spot in front of all the people. What are you going to do? Now, if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Let's stop right there before we read that last expression. And once again, you understand the king had to save face. I mean, he's the king. And here's these three kids defying his command. He's got all these dignitaries. He can't turn back on what he said he would do. He has got to go through with this punishment if they do not obey his voice. Or he's put to shame. He's actually pleading with them to do so because he doesn't want to really throw them into the burning fire furnace. But he has got to. Can you see the moment? 
Can you see how with all these dignitaries there, he had no choice? And so once again, he makes a plea and says, please, just bow down. Put yourself in that same situation. We face all kinds of things in the world today, beloved. We're placed in many different situations. And very often, even our faith in God is challenged and tested. We stand in the face of all kinds of opposing forces. In the workplace, we've got more non-believers facing us that do their own thing and laugh at you if you do what you believe to be right. We've got young people that attend school with all kinds of others doing the wrong thing and trying to get them to do the right thing and laughing in their face if they do what God wants them to do. Jesus Himself grew up in an unfavorable environment. If you recall, His life was threatened from His birth. And then His brothers didn't like Him. His sisters didn't like Him. None of them agreed with Him. They thought He was a lunatic calling Himself the Son of God and so on. And those of the community and all that were against Him when He began to proclaim who He was. Even at the age of 12, when He went into the temple and stood there before all the leaders... And the teachers of the day, he was bold to say who he was. Being about his father's business, as he told his parents. It wasn't easy for him. It wasn't easy for these three either. It's not going to be easy for us either. But I'm going to tell you something. If you will hold fast to what you believe to be true from the Word of God, you, in the midst of all those voices, will have the attention of heaven. I want you to know that heaven itself will stand behind your words. Did you hear that? Heaven itself will stand behind your words. And God will watch over His Word to make it good right there in front of all their eyes. Let's read on. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? In other words... I'm making you an offer you cannot refuse. Look, guys, you might as well face it. There's no God big enough to deliver you out of my hands. You are going to fry in the furnace. And that's all there is to it. There's no God that I'm aware of. I'm a lot older than you are. I believe myself to be a lot wiser than you are. And there is no God that I know of that is able to deliver after that sort. So therefore, guys, just heed my voice, keep my commandment, and bow your knee. There's no God big enough to deliver you. Well, he didn't know about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob like he should. He didn't know about Jehovah God, the Al Shaddai, and the great I Am. And so they proceeded and said, in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, if what be so? You said you're going to throw us into the furnace, right? You asked, who is this God that is able to deliver us? Well, if it be so that you throw us into the furnace, our God whom we serve. Underline that. 
our God whom we serve. Notice the two positions. The position of God, who is the Almighty God, and the position of the servant of God. In other words, we are actively serving Him. We are not obeying you because we are going to a higher power. The God that we serve is the God of heaven. And our God, whom we serve, of course, whom they well know, notice this, is able to deliver us. That he asked, who is this God that is able, or that shall deliver you? Well, our God is able to deliver us. Notice these two aspects of belief in God. I believe he's able, but it doesn't stop there. And he will. Everybody say, He will. See, they said, He's able, and He will deliver us out of Thine hand, O King. Now, I've heard so many trip over this next verse, and that's why I'm taking it slow, to really give us the understanding we need to have. Right there, they answered the question and said, If it be so that you throw us into the furnace, you want to know who's able? Our God's able, and He will deliver us out of Thine hand, O King. But if not, if you do not throw us in, that's not them saying that God might not deliver us. He said He's able and He will. But if not, is referring back to if it be so, you throw us in, our God is able and He will. Well, if you don't throw us in, we're still not going to bow down and worship your God or your image. Look at. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. That's pretty bold, being in front of all those dignitaries, in front of all those people, free out of the masses, dare talk like that to the king. It pays to know God. It pays to know He's able. It pays to know He's willing. He's able to, and He will, and He'll do it for us. He'll deliver us out of thine hand, O King. But if you don't throw us in, we still won't bow down and worship. In other words, He is saying, I'll spare your life if you'll bow down and worship. He said, no. You could say you'll spare our life right now. We still won't bow down and worship. But let's put it this way. If they were saying, if our God doesn't deliver us, who would you worship? Burned to a crisp. Would you worship anyone? I don't think so. No. But if, if not, we're still not going to worship your image. Well, again, I want you to begin to see and understand how well these boys knew their God. I want you to hear the faith that was in their words. I want us to breathe in the life of those words. My God, whom I serve. My God, whom I serve. You know, when you've got the voice of the king of all the demons, when you've got the voice of all those in leadership, the cohorts that unite together with all the demon powers of darkness, when you've got the voice of all the masses out there arrayed against us in this life, 
Speaking out and spewing out doubt and unbelief and everything, hurling everything our way. All kinds of temptations, all kinds of accusations, or whatever it is, they want to hurl our way. When it's all coming against us, we need to know our God well enough to say, the God that we serve, the God that I serve is well able and He will deliver us out of thy hand. O devil, demon, whoever, whomever. Doesn't matter. You think He was angry before they spoke? I want you to see a king on fire. Verse 19. Then was Nebuchadnezzar Full of fury. He was only half full before. Now he's filled all the way. Boy, does it get the devil mad when you talk like that. (laughs) You know when you speak out the word of God, the devil gets upset. Oh, I'll tell you what. He just gets so angry and so upset because he has no defense for the word of God. That's That's right. He has no defense for it. And so, and the form of his visage was changed. See, he liked them before. You start walking with God, people will stop liking you. You start living by faith. Let me put it to you like this. You get saved, people will, will really, some people that you thought liked you will stop liking you. You get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with tongues, <laughs> a lot more people <laughs> will disassociate fellowship. Okay? You get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues, and start living by faith? Wow. The masses will leave you. They'll leave you by the droves, including believers. It's true. Because they'll think you're crazy. Well, if you really look at the Bible, you'll find out that, look, at two of the twelve spies were the minority. They weren't the majority. And really, only those two entered into the promised land. Isn't that true? So two out of basically two million reaped the full benefits of God because of their faith. The rest wanted to stone them. So they were the minority, but they were in the right. So his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. How many of you know that fire kills no matter how hot it is? How many of you know that? This flesh and bone, body, and blood, and hair, and all that we have, you know, is not designed to walk into a furnace no matter how hot it is. As long as it's on fire, we're going to die. We're going to get burned up. But he was so hot. He was so angry. His whole countenance changed. His whole visage, his whole appearance changed with regard to them. He liked them before, but now he can't stand them. Because, see, they were speaking the righteous words of God. And he can't stand them now. And so he wants to turn it up seven times hotter. Make note of this before I go on to the next verse. The devil will always turn up the heat when you start walking in line with the Word of God. But you know what you say and do when he turns up the heat? All you're doing is going to give God more glory. Because the bigger the problem, the bigger the battle, the bigger thing I face, the more glory God's going to get. Amen. Can you say amen? Verse 20. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, they had to be the most mighty. See? He is seeing to it that this is not going to fail. 
The furnace is seven times hotter. I'm going to get the mightiest warriors that I have, and they're going to get them, bind them up, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men... Now, I want you to notice, once again, it's before all these dignitaries, too, that this is happening. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, the devil doesn't even care about his own. Isn't that a shame, a sad scenario? He doesn't even care that his own men die. There was no need to do that and kill his own men. His mightiest warriors. But yet he didn't care about them. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, well, verse 23, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Now, I want you to hold your place there. Put your bookmark or your little finger. And go with me, if you would, please, to the book of Isaiah. I wonder if Daniel read it. I wonder if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego read it. Isaiah 43, but verse 1. Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Isn't that what God said? And you know they believed it. That's why they responded to the king that way. They dared believe their God. They believed the words of their God. And so they said, the Lord that we serve, the God that we serve is the God of heaven, of course, of Israel. And He is able and He will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. So now they're cast into this fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, verse 24 of Daniel 3, the king was astonished astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, governors, rulers, princes of the province, all these dignitaries. He was astonished. He wanted their opinion. Did we not throw three men into that furnace or am I seeing things? Or am I having a vision? Pinch me. Am I still awake? Is this a dream? Is it a nightmare? What's going on? Did we not throw three men in that burning, fiery furnace? Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. True, O king. I want you to hold your place there one more time. 
I'm not teasing you or anything like that. We're going to get to it. But look over, look over at Daniel chapter 10. I want to make the point once again that heaven hears when we speak the Word of God. You can think you're all alone facing the world. You're all alone facing the enemy. You're all alone facing life's difficulties and problems. You're all alone with all these voices around you. Everybody looking at you. Everybody down on you or whatever. Yet I want you to know, if you'll stick to your belief in God, if you'll stay with serving the Most High God, if you'll keep your focus upon who He is, how big He is, His ability, and His willingness to help us in our times of trouble, then you can say along with these, the God I serve will deliver me out of your hand. O king, O devil, O disease... Oh, problem. Amen? Amen. I want to show you. In Daniel 10, 12... uh, Let's back up to verse 10. Daniel 10, 10. Daniel was praying. You know the story here. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved... Understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. Now, this is an angel speaking to him. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. Did you hear that? Thy words were heard in heaven. And I am come for thy words. Did you hear that? Daniel's words were heard and the angel came for his words. I want once again to focus our attention on this. We put the words out there. But we don't have the ability to bring them to pass. Can you see that? So our confidence is in the One who is the High Priest of our sayings. And in His ability to watch over the Word we speak and bring it to pass. Can you see that? Daniel spoke words. His words were heard in heaven Angels were dispatched as a result of his words and brought revelation to Daniel. Now go on back to Daniel 3. Verse 24, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose. Someone says you'll get bound up by speaking words. I see you getting loose. I said, I see you getting loose. I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire 
and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. The high priest of our confession. Jesus, the Son of God, said, when you pass through the fire, you're not going to get burned. The smell of smoke will come upon you. I am the Lord thy God. They said, the God we serve is able to deliver us even from such a dilemma. He's well able and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. They held fast to their confession of faith. We know the high priest of their confession was watching from heaven and its vantage point. And heaven dispatched. Can you see this? Even the angel of the Lord Himself who went with them into that same burning fiery furnace that killed all the, 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 the mighty warriors. And let's read on and find out what he did. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fire furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. Oh, I like this. God is so marvelous. And the princes, the governors, the captains, the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Nor was an hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Well, I don't know if you, if I can do this. I'd like to do this just for a, a moment. Give me just a, a little freedom here for a moment. Jesus went into a fire furnace for all of us. And in the mind of God, we were all there with Him. Jesus paid the awful price of Adam's high treason. The Bible says His soul was not left in hell, and neither did His body see corruption. The Bible says when He died, we died with Him. We were crucified with Him. We died with Him. We were buried with Him. And as far as God is concerned... We were there with Him. See, He identified with us. He was our substitute. And in Him we have life. I want you to know that damnation's fire will never singe your hair. I want you to know that damnation's fire will never burn your soul. I want you to know not even the smell of smoke will be upon you from hell's pit. Because the fourth man was a son of God who died for us, who bore the penalty, and who suffered it for us all. And we come out free. Hallelujah. We've been risen with Him, our protector, our deliverer, our mighty God, was well able, and He did deliver us out of the hand of the enemy. Can you say amen? Glory to God. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar in verse 28 spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel. The angel was dispatched for the words of the children of God, the children of Israel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what were those words? The God that we serve, you better get to know. In case you don't know, I'll tell you who He is. He's Elohim. He's Yahweh. He's El Shaddai. He is Jehovah God. He's the great I Am, praise God. Some people today think He's the great I Was. But He's not the great I Was. He's the great I Am. Well, he did that then, but that's all. He's not going to do it today. No, that's the great I was. But praise God, today he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the burning fire furnace is the same God that will deliver us out of anything that comes our way. For he is the great I Am, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him. Notice, now we see more about these three. They served Him and they trusted in Him. Insomuch that they would not bow their knee, even when it would have been an opportune time for them to do so. Let me backslide for five minutes and get out of this problem. I'll repent later. They could have said that, couldn't they? Okay, King, we'll bow down here and, you know, for five minutes and blah, 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 blah. We'll worship your thing. And then we'll go on back over there and say, Father, forgive us. We didn't, we didn't mean anything. You know we didn't mean any of that. We just didn't want to get burnt, cooked. You know, we're young, you know. Can you see that? But they didn't do that. They didn't compromise, did they? Okay. And they trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. Therefore I make a decree. Oh, I just love it. He did it right there in front of all the people. They got the king to change his decree right there in front of all the counselors, all the rulers, all the sheriffs, all the governors, all the princes. That every people, nation, language, would speak anything amiss. I like that. Which speak anything amiss. Against the God. Can you see this? Words, in other words, speaking out, spewing out words against this God, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Boy, this guy is ruthless. I mean, look at this. You speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, shall be cut in pieces. And their houses shall be made a dunghill. Because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted. Can I give you... A, if you have a margin there in your Bible, marginal rendering of that word promoted, I have a little number nine there by mine. It says, made to prosper. Then the king made to prosper, or made prosper, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. You know, he made him prosper right there in the midst of the enemy. Now, let me tack on this with that verse. He made them to prosper. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. 
Then thou shalt make thy way, what? Prosperous. And thou shalt have good success. They had good success and they made their way prosperous because they refused to speak doubt and unbelief in the midst of a horrible situation. I like that, don't you? By the words of their mouth, the angel was dispatched. God watched over His Word. He performed it. He made it good. Did those men have the ability to protect themselves from the burning fiery furnace? Was there anything that they could possibly do in the natural? I can just see them trying to get some, someone's grandma to weave them or put together, sew together some kind of asbestos suit. Now, that wasn't going to work, was it? They had no way in any realm except the spiritual realm to be protected from the burning fiery furnace. And they knew that that realm was more powerful than the physical and the emotional. And they were quick to say, the God that we serve is able and will. Beloved, God wants us to know Him that well. What is your situation tonight? See, too often we don't know Him well enough. We are not trusting in Him well enough. And trust comes from knowing Him better and better and better. They knew Him. They knew what He said. They understood the integrity of His Word. And so they said what they believed in their heart. You've not seen any God like this, O Nebuchadnezzar. The God we serve is big enough to do that. And He will on our behalf. Because we serve Him and we trust Him. Can you be that confident in your God? Yes, you can. Can we be that bold in our God here tonight? Yes, we can. It's just a matter of knowing. Knowing Him that well. When you speak those words, know this you don't have the ability to bring in the past. And when everybody else laughs in your face, just go like this. And then like this. You just nudge Gabriel and Michael. Know what I mean by that? They were dispatched when you said, my God will deliver me because He's well able. Gabriel came for your words. Michael came for your words. Hey, if you're going to go for angels, go for the top. What about it, right? I mean, go for the top. Angels, see, in other words, you've got some insight. See, and you know that when you speak those words out, God watches over those words to perform them. You're not performing them. He is. He's got his angels working for you. Praise God. We, We saw that right there for Daniel, for Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, for the other spies and all that. We saw that. And we're going to see it further. But your words will dispatch angels. And as you proclaim the Word of God, beloved, I want you to know that you have heaven's attention and things are happening out there in the spirit world. You just keep those words out there. It took Daniel, it took Gabriel 21 days to get to Daniel. You know why? When he came into this sphere, this first atmospheric heavens where all the demon powers are there, the prince of the power in the air, they stopped Gabriel. They stopped him from getting the message down to Daniel. Well, the first time he prayed, his words were were heard in heaven. And so, I guess maybe Michael was upset with Gabriel that week. Because he waited three weeks before he came. (laughs) 
It took 21 days because Michael came down and helped Gabriel fight these demon powers. Right? And then, Gabriel, when everything was under control, Gabriel was loosed and released to go and give the message to Daniel. Can you see that? But he, say, he said and made it clear, Daniel, I came for your words. That's what he said. I came for your words. And I was dispatched the very first day, but these powers tried to stop me. Michael came and fought with me, and now here I am, and here's the message. So hold fast. Now, you ready for this? I don't know if you can take this sitting down. Neither Shadrach, Meshach, nor Abednego, nor Daniel had the name that's above every name. Those demon forces at that time were not overthrown by Jesus. But since that time, Jesus defeated Satan and all of his bunch. And when he rose up from the dead, he said, All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. I'm giving you the right to use my name. And the first thing connected with that name, he told his disciples, was in my name you'll cast out devils. So, in that name, praise God, we've got all authority. In other words, we can break through those powers that are up there with that mighty name of Jesus. So how much more should we believe that God will send His angel and watch over His Word and make it good in our lives? Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Let's come on up here, everybody. Come on, join around us. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.